This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Another major earthquake hit the southern region of Turkey Monday. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. This latest quake comes two weeks after 7.8 and 7.6 magnitude earthquakes hit the same region, killing nearly 45,000 people in Turkey and Syria. To find out how you can help, we are speaking with two Chicago-based organizations who are providing humanitarian aid to the area. Amina Demir is the COO of the Zakat Foundation of America. Amina, when we talked with you after the first quake earlier this month, you told us about the crew, which includes your father, heading to Turkey. Do you still have a team on the ground there? Yeah, yeah, we're blessed where we're still providing efforts and relief um, relentlessly. Um, the good thing is we were able to establish not only a rapport, but a safe space. Um, and we were performing the emergency relief distribution, the hygiene kits distribution, as you and I had discussed a few weeks ago. And so we're keeping up with it. We're good. What are you hearing from them this time around when it comes to building conditions or what they've learned about the needs on the ground specifically? Unfortunately, it looks as if um, some of the architects that had uh, created the buildings about a decade ago, a decade ago had, um, hadn't provided the buildings with the strongest structure. So it looks like there's going to be some backlash internally with the government and those individuals. But I, I hate to say this, and forgive my energy <laughs> this time around, um, you know, the, the buildings have already collapsed that were going to collapse, and it it seems as if individuals are primarily focused on the PTSD. Um, It's absolutely nerve-wracking. Everyone is already on edge. Mm. Um, And so this second earthquake, it's, you know, it's traumatizing. It's such a short amount of time in between the two. Yeah, I mean, first of all, your lack of energy, as you describe it, that is completely understandable, Uh, Amina. I mean, a major concern with that last quake we talked about was was the sheer number of people who were trapped under the rubble of the collapsed buildings. Sounds, from what you've described, like that is still the chief concern after this disaster. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I know two individuals, my best friend's relatives, um, but they've passed. They were stuck under the rubble and, you know, they were were unable, yeah, may God be with them. Um, They were unable to get the resources to have these, you know, huge blocks removed. It's one thing to have food and aid and water, but removing these giant cement blocks, um, you know, the individuals that were stuck and were unable to get out, majority of them, that's why they say the toll is going to continue to rise as individuals can't access, you know, fresh air. They're, you know, it's, it's going to rise. So, we're doing the best that we can. We're trying to stay hopeful and, you know, relentless. We've been blessed. We have um, a lot of land that was donated to us in Adi Yaman. It's not far from the epicenter. Okay. Um, and we're, we're housing about 1,500 people, providing mental, um, mental health uh, relief there as well, food, social market. 
um, we're doing our best. You know, we're there. All right, let's pull another voice into the conversation. Joining us now by phone is Dr. Zahar Salul. He's a Syrian-American doctor, and he's president of Med Global. and currently he's on a medical mission trip in Gaziantep, Turkey. Hi, doctor. Good to have you back on the show. Hi, Sasha. Thank you for having me. What kind of damage are you seeing where you are on the ground in Turkey right now? We uh, visited uh, three cities today uh, around Gaziantep. Um, and uh, close to the epicenter, the city of Kahraman Maraish, uh, a small city called um, uh, Nurda, um, and a third city, which I forgot the name. Um, but, you know, what I've seen there, I've never seen in, in my life. And, you know, the TV and the videos that you see and the picture do not give justice to the scale of the destruction. Mm. Um, in, the, in the small city of Nurda, um, there were complete neighborhoods that completely erased, and the locals are taking uh, talking about this city is gone forever, and that um, you know even the buildings that are still standing are semi-damaged and unsafe wow. uh, for its inhabitants. Uh, most of the city uh, people are displaced, and they're living in uh, tents uh, that were put. I mean, I, we saw a soccer field that's full of tents. Um, what one um, of the locals told me that. Uh, about uh, 2,600 people uh, died in this small city. Um, and, uh, you know, you see scenes similar to what you see in the city of Dresden uh, after the uh, World War II. Um, mm-hmm. Like a hurricane came and erased the whole area. Um, I, I, I passed some of, in some of the neighborhoods where you only see rubbles and stones and, and pictures and dolls of children and books uh, that people used to read and... Uh, uh, I was speaking with some of the search and rescue uh, people who came from Malaysia. Uh, they've been there for since uh, the second day of the um, of the earthquake, and mm-hmm. they told me that they were able to pull 52 dead bodies and five alive uh, wow. people, and uh, from one family um, that they were able to save in the seventh day of the earthquake. It's a horrible scene. Um, I mean, the stories that you hear is endless, and it, you know yeah. the numbers. Uh, also, it's, it's, it's horrendous. And this is the worst earthquake that hit the area in the past 200 years. Right. I, I mean, your words are still sticking with me when you said you haven't seen anything like this. Um, aftershocks for Monday's quake, they've been recorded at a 5.8 magnitude, Doctor. What risks do you do you and, and others there with you have to prepare for when you're trying to do aid, uh, you know, in, in efforts like this? I mean, yesterday, after we, right after we arrived into Gaziantep, uh, there was an, an aftershock that uh, registered uh, as 6.4, which is kind of a very strong earthquake, lasted for 15 seconds. Uh, people came out to the street. They were very um, scared. And this is something that um, I cannot explain that the same, I've never witnessed an earthquake before, but people who um, went through the same uh, um, um, a previous earthquake, I mean, the last, in the, 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 the major one, when they feel the aftershock, they're very fearful and traumatized that they cannot imagine going back and sleep in the same houses. Um, so, um, and, and this fear, I, I, I did not see even in the war in Syria. People are more fearful of the earthquake than the war and the bombs that were falling them on, on them in, in Syria and the chemical weapons. And, and the reason one of the local doctors told me that People have seen this scene of people staying under the rubble for four and five days. 
so it's like slow death and you can imagine that many people will not be saved uh, if they don't hear if, if they don't get the search and rescue and people are fearful that they're going to end up under the rubble and no one hear about them and they will die mm. uh, so this kind of uh, unreal or maybe realistic fear is there. Um, but these aftershocks, more than 6,000 of them were registered since the earthquake 12, 12 days ago. It's still happening. Um, smaller scale, but some of them are strong, like the one that we had uh, right. witnessed yesterday. Amina, I imagine there's also stress over a lack of safe housing and education and steady income and even the weather. Do your organization's recovery efforts include mental health support for folks? Yeah, we were blessed um, prior to the events that took place. We had a mental health, we have a mental health clinic at the border of uh, Turkey for Syrian youth. Um, I visited there in 2017, and there was one young man that stuck out to me. His name was Osman, and um, he had witnessed his father um, blown up. And they said that for the past I think it was six to eight months he hadn't spoken at all. Um, you know, we assess these, again, I've been in the NGO sector for better half of a decade and a half, and we assess these situations, and, you know, there's the immediate relief that you can provide. You know, there's the compassion, the empathy, the prayer, the monetary, but um, there are these long-term effects that will span over generations um, that I, I'm we are blessed to be in a situation where we are recognizing mental health awareness, but... Something as simple as, like, the impact of an earthquake and then two weeks later, another earthquake. You know, I can't imagine an individual sleeping peacefully at night, um, being in fear that, you know, something is going to happen, something's going to fall on them again. And so, yes, that is one of our major focuses, um, not only in the, in the region, also in the United States, mm -hmm. in the U.K., we offer mental health assistance across the globe. Dr. Salul, you know, with, with another earthquake comes the need for more help. What else do you anticipate this region is going to need to recover here? Unfortunately, the, the, the worst days are um, the ones to come. Uh, I mean, the, the, of course, uh, you have still a large number of dead people under the rubble, both in Turkey and Syria. Uh, some whole cities will be, um, uh, you know, erased, like uh, the city of Antioch in Turkey and um, Nordar, the one which I've mentioned, mm -hmm. and people have to be, um, uh, new cities have to be built, but outbreaks, uh, because in, especially in Syria, because of the uh, contamination of the water sources will happen. Uh, infected wounds in people who had amputated wounds or had the fractures, that will happen. Um, of course, you have you end up in Syria with 300,000 people without any um, houses. So new houses have to be built in Syria in the middle of the war. This area in Syria is accessed only through three border crossing in Turkey. It's going to be near impossible to have uh, recovery. Another wave of uh, refugees because people have lost everything and they have no hope of um, of the future. Um, uh, so that that will happen. And of course, uh, the desperation and the families that lost everything. Many children became orphaned. Uh, they lost all, all of their parents and family members, and they need uh, support for the rest of their lives, especially yeah. the ones who are injured. So um, a lot of things that need to happen. And I think uh, what we are seeing right now is only trickling of the aid. And there should be a long-term plan that will be, um, you know, countries that will pledge for the future of this of this region. So remind us, what are you focused on today then? On the ground in Turkey? Um, 
We're focused on three things. The first one, a donation of medical supplies and medical equipment. We brought with us portable ultrasounds that will be used to treating uh, of trauma patients, and we will be training the doctors in Turkey and Syria on this. Okay. The second one is mental health uh, training. We had a team of psychiatrists who will be uh, training doctors and nurses in Syria and Turkey on mental health support, re-traumatization, and um, uh, human trafficking, which happens, unfortunately, during disasters. Uh, and developing skills for psychiatric recovery. And the third thing is uh, performing surgeries, um, more advanced surgeries for people who still need uh, reconstructive surgeries or amputations or debridements of the wounds. Uh, so we brought with us um, uh, surgeons from the United States uh, to help the Syrian doctors for that. I see. Uh, Amina, what do you think of the international response this time around? Because you're both talking now about just this immense need, right? We're talking shelter, food, mental health, medical services. Is the international support there? Yeah. I mean, from what I've witnessed, we've had a multitude of different countries make statements. Um, And again, we were in the beginning stages where we're just assessing of what the need is. Um, I do know that a handful of European countries have already prepared medical equipment shipments to be sent out. I don't know as far as monetary. I, I know I know individuals are, we had, we had discussed this last time, Sasha, people are very weary as far as like cash donations being dispersed in the region. Um, and so, you know, any type of resource, any type of aid, food distribution, um, I know people are, people are recognizing that this is absolutely an international emergency and it's mm-hmm. going to require all hands on deck. Um, so I, we do see the support. I'm optimistic. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, in this last minute we have here, tell us how Chicagoans can help. Um, so the Cap Foundation of America, we're going to be sending out a container on the 27th of February. We're packing blankets, coats, um, medical equipment. We're sending that out. And then, of course, the monetary donations are always welcome for our partners on the ground at www.zacat.org. Um, and then good energy, prayer, whatever your compass is, you know, yeah. that always matters. Last word to you, doctor. How can we help? Um, paying attention beyond uh, the first couple of weeks of the earthquake. Um, and, uh, you know, knowing that this region will require billions of dollars uh, of donations, the American public have donated more than $80 million uh, to Syria and Turkey. Our government pledged more than $185 million so far for the earthquake. But uh, the region will require billions of dollars for building. Uh, you can help through MedGlobal, um, you know, on, online, www.medglobal.org. Or if you're a physician and you think your skills can help in the disaster, yeah. then, also, of course, you can apply for that. But uh, keep the people in the in the region in your mind and prayers. We've been talking with Dr. Zahir Salul from MedGlobal and Amina Demir from the Zakat Foundation of America. Both organizations are providing humanitarian aid in the wake of the latest devastating earthquake to hit Turkey and Syria. Thank you both so much for joining us and best of luck as you continue this work. This episode of Reset was produced by Brenda Ruiz and it was edited by Ethan Schwab and Meha Ahmed. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.